0: It's a very fun Friday with the gang all back together because we got Trez Takes, Montrez Harrell, the newest member of the Charlotte Hornets. How does he impact them going forward? We'll talk about that today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, because We live. We live. We live. It was about the only way we could get Doug to do one show after being very busy out there on the West Coast, but he would Do you up understand? Early. Do you understand
1: what time it is? Do, do you understand I am on the West Coast. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean,
0: I texted you. <laughs> I'm in
1: the You see my background? My background right now is my bed because I have not yet fully Oh, we're the magic
0: uh, guy behind the curtain. Yeah, keep that camera up, buddy. (laughs) Sip that coffee and keep it up. We don't want to see anything else going Uh, on. Don't uh, do it. Don't do it. Oh, that's a tease. You are a tease, (laughs) Doug Branson. And I'm glad that you're here to talk about Montrez Harrell. David, as well, been helping out all week long. And it was probably going to take a trade of some sort of significance to get us all back together. Doug, to wake up at 630, you're a busy man, David, but you're going to enjoy the fun Friday with all of us. So excited to talk about it. We'll dive in more here. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Check us out on Twitter, Walker Mail, Doug Branson, LOH, David B. Walker, Locked On Hornets, and you can watch us on YouTube. Just type in Locked On Hornets. You can find our channel there as well. So he does something. Doug, you kept poking Mitch Kupchak with the the stick, saying do something. And mm-hmm. he did. He made a trade, Montrez Harrell, mm-hmm. comes to the Charlotte Hornets in exchange for Verdon Carey, Ish Smith, and a second-round pick. We don't know the protections on that, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, and we don't know what year that second-round pick is as of yet. Mitch Kupchak is going to speak to media at 10.30 today. Perhaps we'll get some clarity either then, yeah. or a reporter um, might be able to bust that out, whether it's Chris Haynes, Woj, or anybody like that. Maybe you. Maybe you can, maybe it. You can maybe bust me. it out. Bust you, it out. I've never I've never been able to
1: dream so bad. I don't know why we're busting things out. <laughs> it's I don't know. fun Doug,
0: Friday. Doug's <laughs> on his bed with the camera up. I'm busting things out. I'm. We need to stop. Anyways, Doug, it's been the first time you've been on the pod for a couple of days. They make the trade. What are your thoughts when you saw that tweet roll in?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the barest definition of something. I did ask Mitch Kupchak to do something. Uh, he heard me, and he did – you know the the barest definition of something. It's it's as low risk as it gets. I mean, you're turning Vernon Carey, a, a former second rounder, and Ish Smith uh, into a player that does something for you, and not exactly what you were looking for. Not not really going to help you much in terms of interior defense, rim protection, that kind of thing. But a player who's super physical, plays super intense, is a double double threat. Can give you another scoring option. You know, and the the Hornets are struggling to score right now because their three-point shooting has gone away. Montrezl Harrell gives you an option to score uh, that isn't a pull-up three-point jump shot. So it does some things they need. doesn't do the one thing that they absolutely need. Uh, and, and I, but I think it is something, uh, that the,
0: the fan base can get a little bit excited about, but not a lot of as excited about. Are you going to put that as the title Hornets do something and maybe just put the shrug emoji next to it? Is that what you're going to do for the YouTube graphic that we'll put out there?
1: Yeah. And, and really it, they did something and they didn't do the one thing that I think a lot of fans, you know, didn't want them to do, which was sort of mortgage the future for this season to get a little out ahead of their skis they didn't do that there was another reported deal that we can talk about the Jakob Pertl deal uh, um that yeah (laughs) yeah and so you know maybe this maybe this trading deadline is uh, as
0: much about what they did as what they didn't do right uh david let your thoughts spill out onto the mic about montrez harrell and that acquisition
2: yeah i mean uh, i think you can't have a negative take on this because like you said Doug they really didn't give up anything. Uh I
1: could I to, can think of one.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: Well, they're all
1: think the reality, YouTube, they're, they're, listen, they're you there. haven't been around these YouTube comments. You can is you that can a definitely challenge?
0: James yeah, Perego is so bad. He's going to ruin him. It doesn't matter. <laughs> there David Dunn. I just ruined your take already. I mean
2: you should not. There are they are out there. I've heard them uh, plenty, but I think the one thing this does, I think it was Zach Harper in the Athletic, he mentioned basically that the Hornets were so bad with Plumley off the floor, right? Like, like like they're not great when he's on the floor, but they get worse right. defensively when he leaves the floor. So at 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 worst, you've added backup to that, right? Like you can go to Harrell, you can go to Plumley and kind of plug the holes defensively there. So you're not sinking down so far. It doesn't solve the defensive problem. It gives them a guy that can catch the ball down low, maybe score a little bit, well, definitely score more than uh Plumley down low. And he's a high energy guy and he brings toughness that this team has not had in a very, very long time, especially in the post. He brings a new attitude, hopefully something that can kind of spill over to some of these younger guys when they're really clawing and fighting to get back into the, you know, the meat of this play-in race. So yeah, I was thrilled with the move because it didn't give up anything. You didn't give up Plumley, right? A lot of these scenarios, you were giving up PJ, you were giving up Plumley, and you were really putting yourself back in the same hole where you had no depth in the front court. So at least they added that it's not a long-term fix, but it's also not a long-term commitment. I think there's only one year on Harold's contract. Right. And so, you know, they brought in somebody who can still run the floor with LaMelo and everybody else out there too. So he's not going to, um, you know, change their offense in any way he's going to add to it. I think and be able to be a rim runner and an energy guy and just someone else they can throw out there with some depth.
0: Yeah. The more yeah. actually go ahead, David, or Doug, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. It's fine. No, I was going to say with Montrezl Harrell, the more I look at it, the more I like it. And I think it's because we talked about the lack of offense from our post position and from yeah. a guy finish well down low. You know, it's mm. Mason Plumlee doesn't take enough of those shots to for it to matter. He Passes them up. Yeah, and he shoots 75% when he's down there from, like, zero to three feet when you go check that in the basketball reference play page, just effectively at the rim. Montres shoots 80, takes 80%, so he finishes. If he doesn't finish, he goes to the foul line, and then he'll shoot over 70% from the foul line. Yes. He takes over four and a half attempts per game. Like this is you talk about the aggression. If he doesn't finish at the rim, then he can go to at least the foul line and get you buckets mm-hmm. that way. He's a good rebounder for the most part, based off of his percentage and the uh, twenty four minutes I think he was averaging with Washington. And yeah. you have to it's it's the offense, like, yeah. We all know that they need rim protection. They need a typical center to be able to defend down low and not give up a million offensive rebounds per game. Montrez is not going to help you a ton in that area no in fact he's not going to help you a lot at all right like he's he's not good defensively let's just call it what it is but they're going all in on offense and that means pick and rolls with mellow that's tasty him finishing those him getting to the mm-hmm. foul line and when you can't shoot like they haven't been able to the last three weeks Montrez can be highly effective by just creating some offense with one of the better pick-and-roll players in the NBA and giving him a competent score to go to the rim. Like, the more you look at this, guys, the more I actually do like it. And he goes away, and you free up money next year. You keep him, you get the inside track, you get the early bird rights, you free up some money to sign Miles Bridges and Cody Martin if you want to. This this does a lot of things, especially if Vernon Carey was never in your future plans, which was extremely Clearly he was not. And yep. Mitch Smith, as much as, like – I actually want to give Ish Smith his due for some hero games. You know, he, he was awesome. Salute. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Like Indiana, LA Lakers. Like, salute to you, Ish. But there was a lot of basketball from him as well. And that's all you gave up. Uh, yeah. The, the more I started to dive into this, the more I was doing the Jack Nicholson, shaking my head. Yes, Mitch. Thank you. Great trade.
1: Yeah, Ishmith yeah. was the
0: was the energy player at the guard position, but they already had a lot of guards,
1: and so now they've traded him for the for an energy player at a position of of need. But I think the big question is why didn't Mitch Kupchak and company do something a little bigger? Because there were names that were still out there: Miles Turner, Rashawn Holmes. I mean, Jakob Pertle is not a huge name, but a, but somebody that would have filled that Solid. Red protection need. So, why didn't they do that? I think that's an interesting question yeah. for the next segment. That's right.
0: That's right. Um, we can absolutely do that in the next segment. Let's talk about Bet Online to get us there. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in just a little while couple days sunday super bowl sunday gonna be fantastic bet online.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season it's not just football by the way bet online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops nhl boxing ufc along with live real-time updates of current games don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season bet online is where the game starts let's talk more about the trez trade coming up next on On hornets
1: is locked on Hornets. And would what, what I have liked to see a few more shards? Sh, shards? No, I out of... <laughs> that's not
0: that's not would not have
2: liked. I saw some I saw some It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
0: It's Super Week, brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast, Locked On Bengals, Locked On Rams. They've been in LA all week covering the big game. So has Doug. So make Doug's time worthwhile and go check out all of that. I assume that you had a big part in production with Locked On NFL this week, Doug? Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Set up all the cameras and uh, set up all the lights. Lights, camera, action. Wire, there were, wires, were right? okay. there were a couple of wires. There was a, a lot of <laughs> cups of coffee. Um, I met Mina Kimes last night. Um, oh, that's she's awesome. She's very
2: cool.
1: You know, we did, she did uh, two interviews with uh, Locked On NFL. She was very kind with her time. Very nice. Very irreverent. Everything that you would expect uh, Mina Kimes to be. Met Scott Hansen. Legend. That guy's hilarious. He's great. <laughs> we did an interview with him. Go check it out on Locked On's uh, Twitter account. Uh, yeah, fun times. Everybody's so nice. That's a, that's
0: a, you know, I just, sometimes I expect these celebrities to to be mean and everybody's so nice. It's great. That (laughs) that really is warming to hear. Well, Mina Kimes, I would have been like, that would have been the worst ever character difference I've ever experienced in my life. If you met Mina and she was actually kind of a jerk, then I would have just cried. I would have done the, just the podcast would have been over.
1: Well, yeah. And you're, you're always afraid to meet, or I am, I'm always afraid to meet, uh, celebrities or people that have been an influence on me and Mina Kimes and and her and the Dan Levitard show. uh, I've been a huge influence on this show and what we do and having fun and everything. But I I did meet uh, Chris Whittingham and Chris Cody as well. And they were super nice. Um, Oh, you you
0: met Cody. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So there is a hope for humanity yet that your heroes uh, (laughs) don't always have to disappoint you. There you go. All right, so uh, I'm going to virtually not even really meet Mitch Kupchak in a minute, but I will have an avenue to ask him a question, and maybe we can ask him about that Spurs report by Michael Scotto about how the Charlotte Hornets and the San Antonio Spurs were involved in trade talks surrounding Yaka Pirtle, the young, talented center, 26 years old, really good defensively, has gone up in minutes, points per game, pretty much every year. He's a really good player. And the Charlotte Hornets, in that scenario, would have given up P.J. Washington, a protected first round pick, assuming that would be the New Orleans pick that they got in the Devontae Graham trade and Kai Jones. So to repeat, P.J. Washington, the New Orleans pick and Kai Jones all going to the Spurs in exchange for Jakob Purtle. As I mentioned, Yaka Purtle, awesome fit for Charlotte would have provided a lot of the things that you desperately want and have been begging for for a while the last couple of years. It does not mean that we are so desperate that we are willing to give up what is essentially three first-round picks worth of value. Like, think of whatever you want about P.J. P.J. Washington in a redraft that The Athletic just conducted, P.J. actually went one spot higher. He's provided every bit of value in where he was selected and maybe even more. You traded a first-round pick to go get Kai Jones, you know, and to get rid of your New Orleans pick that might actually convey now since they traded for C.J. McCollum. <laughs> that was a
2: deal breaker. Yeah, yeah like was the one. Hey, that was a bridge too far.
0: If you're talking about two of those, pick any combination, pick two of those, it's like that's kind of tough. But to have three, I thought it was way too much. Did you think the same, David?
2: Yeah, and that's what I think a lot of these deals are going to shake out as. Just the asking price was way too high. I think that's the move now. Like if you have something that someone wants, just – ask for the moon. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They say no. Uh, So I think that's what Mitch was faced with. There wasn't, I mean, I don't think Miles Turner was out there. I think that was the biggest chip there wasn't an all-star to bring in. I think that's another reason you didn't see maybe a a splashier move um, because he was not going to send out a core piece or potential core piece. And I think PJ and even Kai still fit into that category in their eyes. I mean, they're going to give them some time. I mean, to your point, they right. spend a first round pick on him. They can't just throw him away at this point without even seeing him on the floor. So I just think the asking price for a lot of these trades was too high for Mitch, uh, and rightly so. We've seen him be conservative. I mean, my God, this is what the only the second time was Wanamaker a trade. I think, yeah, like he was, cash it was a consideration, yeah. highly
0: protected second. I forget what the so, going out cost was.
2: So they're still building here and they're not quite ready to uh, ship off any of their you know high value prospects, even though they may be able to get back a little bit more, a little bit better fit. But I just don't think uh, the juice was worth the squeeze on that one.
0: Doug, you were what? laughing at me as I was going down that trade. Why? What did I do? What made you laugh over there in California?
1: Well, no nothing I, I I mean just I think we I think we slightly overvalue pj Washington I mean I, I think he's a great piece uh, but mm-hmm. I don't think he has the potential to be a star and so if he's that's, that's he's there. he's kind of the headline player in your trade, then you're probably coming out with the the best piece of the trade but that's not really the point. I, I think the reason. Or, or at least I wonder how much Gordon Hayward's injury and this six-game losing streak and just the current state of the team had to do with the fact that they didn't make a, a big move that sacrificed future assets. And, and honestly, at this point, I don't blame them because I don't see this, this particular squad as one that can really make some noise or, or has the potential to make some noise in the first round. So if if that if that's not the case, then then you don't want to give up a bunch of assets in in order to try to make that happen. So Montrez is is kind of someone that can shake up this locker room a little bit, maybe maybe salvage this season, maybe get this team into play in territory, keep them from sliding all the way out of postseason play. And uh, we, you know, then then Mitch and company can regroup and see if they can come up with something in the offseason where they aren't so leveraged like the, what David's talking about is the fact that everybody in the NBA could clearly see what the Hornets needed. And so when that happens, yes, you have to pay a bigger price because, you you know, Sorry. everybody knows you need this thing. And, and the thing that they need, unfortunately, is one of the rarer things in the NBA rim protection. There aren't like a a glut of quality rim protectors, so whatever you give away in a trade scenario is already going to be high. But when when teams understand that, that it really is the only thing that you absolutely need, then then the price is
0: going to be astronomical. Yeah, and you know, I I totally it, it it's funny because you talk about getting some of these types of players maybe later in the draft, and that's where the value is. So these these guys are valuable, but they're valuable to the tune of every one of those types of players are going to get like what 10 to 15 million dollars a year but they're always going to be so valuable one because the contract isn't awful and they can do the pick and roll finish at the rim protect the rim type of stuff Jakob purtle yeah. is on that deal Rashawn holmes is on that kind of deal nick claxton is valuable you see uh-huh. Kung Kongwu, somebody that we used to like here in the draft process and charlotte now he's really coming along strong with uh Atlanta Daniel Gat like you have some of these guys out there, but is it worth just finding that player in the mid first round or late second or I mean early second? Because that's where a lot of these guys come from. And in that case, giving up three first rounders that you even that you either drafted, still have, or traded up to go get, it's way too much. And so yeah, Jakob Purdle remains a spur and, and, and it look, it looks like
1: so that bad. New Orleans pick might convert, so you know, you right. might have that that option in the draft, so that's nice. Well, look how many
2: swings they've taken at, at the big men in the draft: Carey, uh, Rick Richardson, uh, Kai Jones. You know, I mean, they're they're obviously trying to fill that hole. They just yep. haven't been able to do it yet. They're taking swings. There may be a few more swings left. They're just not able to hit any.
1: Well, well look, and and we have to say this: that Mitch Kupchak is has now kicked the can down the road. Uh, A couple of trade deadlines and a couple of off seasons. This upcoming off season is, is absolutely critical. I mean, he has to not only do something, but he might have to do everything. I mean, each decision that he makes in the off season about who he resigns and, and who he acquires uh, to, to make this team with LaMelo ball a playoff team is going to be absolutely critical.
0: All right, let's talk about how Montrez can pl- can play with LaMelo Ball and some of the other players on this roster. But first, let's uh, talk about Shopify. They give entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstart startups and established businesses alike, can sell everywhere, synchronize online, and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. So believe me, this podcast, when this podcast was starting up, all the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network were starting up, you needed a lot of help. And Shopify is one of the things that can really help you in that route. Go to shopify.com slash NBA, all lowercase by the way, for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash NBA. Right now, that's Shopify.com slash nba Also, want to give a shout to Built Bar. This is the time of year where people will maybe give up on their New Year's resolutions, but there is something to help you maybe keep up with that resolution, especially if it is staying fit. Try Built Bars because Built Bars are really healthy for you. They are low in sugar, they're low in carbs, they're low in calories, but they're high in protein, they're high in fiber. And so, if you want to stay fit, but you want the taste of a candy bar, well, you might even have something better than a candy bar. You have banana cream pie, coconut marshmallow, cinnamon, churro flavors, limited time flavors from Built Bar. It's all so very good. Go to built.com, use promo code LOX15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOX15 for 15% off at built.com. How do Montrezl Harrell and Lamelo Ball play together on the court? We'll talk about that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast.
1: Is Locked On Hornets? If you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, this is me cooking up this segment. Um, Yeah, I mean, we've what you're doing.
0: Well, this this segment will...
1: What's all, yeah, well, yeah it's kind of a vertical cabbage patch. You don't see that very <laughs> often, a vertical cabbage patch. Revo- I'm revolutionizing white I'm pretty, guy dancing moves. Yeah, I'm
0: pretty sure Juan Howard did that when they were going to the Final Four. I think that's what happened. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We touched on it very briefly in the first segment, but Montrez, being on the floor, along with LaMelo, I really like montrez setting the pickup high Lamelo using it trez rolling to the basket and then having some vicious dunks from your new starting center possibly like i he's, he's going to start by the way right over i was over wondering that light.
2: maybe not tonight but i mean
0: yeah come on. So what are we doing here right, uh, yeah, right? i mean I, it's a good question i don't know what james Brego is going to do like, jb ah uh, start trez start fire montrez. him up jb start start montrez um but I want to see that pick and roll. I want to see those guys share the court together. I think that would be a lot of fun. How do you guys think those two will mesh on the court? Doug, we'll start with you first.
1: I think very well. I mean, I think, um, you know, he's got length, athleticism, uh, you know, it's something that uh, is going to benefit uh, LaMelo <laughs> Ball. He's got some hands. Yeah, he can catch yeah. the ball. Right. For I mean, that's, that's the thing. Point. I mean, we've, we've seen so many uh, times this, this season where LaMelo has been Extremely crafty in his ability to get to the basket, uh, but but someone steps over and he has to deliver just a mind bending, mind altering, physics altering pass. Like, yeah. yeah, and and then and then Mason Plumlee fumbles it away. Uh, so I've been, you know, you, we've got to give Lamelo Ball big men who can finish some of these passes, and and I think Montrez has no problem doing that.
2: Yeah, I mean, look at what he's done for Plumlee, right? I mean, he's made him, uh, at times, a threat to score. And in the post with some of these <laughs> passes, I mean, the way he's able to bend angles, you know, and, and, find, and, and get it right in his hands, uh, he's only going to improve on that with someone who can finish in a, a more con- uh, consistent way, catch the ball. And, dude, I think the free throw thing is really a big thing. You mentioned earlier, he can go to the line. He can also be played late in games uh, because he can go to the line and, and shoot free throws. So, yeah, I think Lamelo, the pick and roll, the fast break. You know, uh, if you've got Lamelo and Bridges and Harold coming down the court at you, I mean, that's a that's a formidable uh, threesome there. So, I like it. Uh, I think it fits in well. He can get up and down still. Look, he was the best player at times for the Wizards this year. Uh, I mean, you know, you let him he, dropped, him he dropped he dropped he dropped twenty.
1: His- yeah, he dropped twenty four and eighteen on the Hornets. Uh, earlier yeah. this season,
2: <laughs> join, the, I mean, join the club. Uh, but you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, so it's it's. I, I think it's just a, a more offense. Let's do it. Let's go all offense.
0: Yeah, that's what they're doing. And you know, when you talk about playing him at the end of games and free throw shooting, that's not anything that you worry about, Mason. You do because he, in fact, Ben Wallace is reportedly, or it looks like, as the We're season on. Ben Wallace huh? reportedly is going to be. Look, he's been the defensive presence we need. I'll still take Ben Wallace right now over defensively <laughs> the centers. I really will. Um, ben Wallace is the only one that has shot worse in a season than Mason Plumlee right now. That's how bad things have gotten. Yeah, they have 34%. to go small,
2: right? Yeah, I mean they, they, have they
0: do. To. They they do. Um, but the other thing is we we have seen Montrez and his value kind of fluctuate because he was the Sixth Man of the Year. He won that award. And then you look at him with the Lakers. The Lakers were ready to ship him off immediately. It wasn't the best of seasons with him. We saw him in the playoffs just not even enter games, right, because of his lack of defense, and then he would just get played off of the floor. So that's a real problem. Yeah. You know, like yeah. like defense is a real problem with Trez, and I don't want to overlook that, right? It's, it's not this big foundational fix that we can have saying, oh, thank God they finally answered our prayers. But we understand that giving up, Giving up Vernon Carey and Ish Smith and a second-round pick is well worth it to have Trez come in, go all in on offense. And the more you look at these stats, guys, like I talked about him finishing three feet or within at 80%. That's awesome. P.J. Washington, Mason Plumlee, still the guys that we'll see center minutes and we'll see about P.J., but the guys that have played center minutes that are still on this roster – if you look at that section from a little bit outside of three feet in that floater range, in that mid-range jumper, three feet to uh, t- three feet to ten feet range, Matre's Harrell is hitting 54% of his shots. To put that in perspective, okay, 54% for Trez. PJ Washington in that area is hitting just 23%. Now he's not taking nearly as much, but that's a dramatic increase for Trez. If you go to Mason Plumley, that three feet to ten feet range, Mason Plumley's hitting 40. So Montrez, even significantly higher than that. So when you talk about LaMelo and Trez playing the two-man game, you don't even have to get Trez all the way to the basket. He can just kind of give you those floaters or hit those little short-range jumpers. like that, that is, That's huge, especially for a team that is struggling shooting the basketball as much as they are. You don't have to rely on the three-point shot. And yeah. so offensively, they're going all in, but they're going in a different way. You don't have this type of player on the roster, and now they do.
1: Yeah, I mean, this team has uh, missed a lot of shots at the rim this season, and I think mm-hmm. Montrez is, is going to help them significantly there. Uh, he also gives you another kind of physical rebounder. So if we're just talking yes. about ways this will affect LaMelo's game, it might actually take a few of those rebounds away from him. Uh, he's had to, you know, at times this season, LaMelo Ball has had to make up for the fact that uh, the Hornets haven't uh, exactly been a stellar rebounding team. Uh, so Montrez might affect things. And then look, I mean, you know, just kind of off the court, he's an intense presence. Like, I mean, he, I think he, he did fight case, or, or at least reportedly, allegedly will be responsible here on the show. Uh, <laughs> he he came to blows with KCP in Washington over not getting a pass uh, at the end of a, of a half. They went oh, to the oh, locker man. room and, and reportedly uh, had a fight earlier this season and Montrez, I want to pull up this quote. Uh, this was just a few days ago, I believe February 5th. Uh, a reporter asked Montrezl Harrell, you know, what, what the mood was in the uh, Wizards locker room. And he said, quote, it sucks, bro. That's the mood <laughs> of the team. It effing sucks. Coming in here and teams are basically beating our bleep from start to finish. So uh, he's not afraid to share his opinions. Uh, yeah, so I mean he's gonna he's what I'm saying close. is he's gonna shake this locker this locker room that hasn't really been right. extremely vocal, hasn't really been extremely critical at times. They've they've stuck to the script. Even even amidst a 6-game losing streak, you can't get these players to say anything but like we're going to stay together and, and and that's good. That can be good if everyone's on the same page and everyone has the same mindset, but if you continue to lose uh, then you have to say, hey, where's the, you know, maybe somebody does need to come in here and, and have a players' meeting and get the fire started. I don't think Montres Harrell is going to have any problem filling that role.
2: And this is a sprint to the finish move, guys. I think, I mean, even if you look past this offseason, would you be surprised if he's like packaged in some sort of deal uh, before his time is up here in Charlotte? I mean, it's only a year, right? So you could send that off somewhere as well. But I think they're just trying to get a little energy towards the end of this, what, 20-plus, 20 22, 25 games left after tonight and, and and stay in this play-in. It's kind of crazy that we're worried about staying in the play game, thinking back just two weeks ago or whatever, uh, when they were feeling really good. Yeah. Uh, but but I think not to make the play-in would be a bit of a disaster with this roster, and I don't think they're in danger of that. But they got to start making some moves. they got to start getting some wins. And it starts tonight in Detroit. They need – this Detroit
0: game we, we got a tweet in and asking if they lose to Detroit would this be the worst loss oh. of the season the answer is a resounding yes it would be absolutely horrific to have yeah, the, street, the
1: streak would, the streak would be over you'd yeah, have the yeah. the next and I and <clears throat> excuse me um LA uh, I have a baby um <laughs> the the <clears throat> excuse me <laughs> uh how many babies the, do you the, have uh, good god the, the other <laughs> you don't even want to know the other thing is I mean, I wonder if part of this move is to say, all right, uh, this is maybe a challenge to James Borrego here. Like, all right, here, we're, we're going to get you. Shut up more...
2: about your center here. <laughs> shut, <laughs> shut up about the center.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, here's a piece. Now
0: go get in the play-in. And if you don't get in the play-in, We've we got problems. We um, got real problems. Talking about th- just this streak for a play in spot, you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, they all kind of did something. You know, you look at Boston. They went after Derek White. They made another move. They brought back Danny Tice, who had been kind of put on the Charlotte Hornets (laughs) roster a couple of times. Yeah, close, Um, (laughs) close, close. Yeah, but Boston got a couple of guys. They're going for it. We know Brooklyn just, in fact, Brooklyn is a game and a half up on the Hornets right now. You have to imagine that would change as Kevin Durant comes back, Ben Simmons. Um, You look at Toronto. I mean, they're all in. You know, they go after Thaddeus Young. They gave up a first-round pick to go do that. So Toronto, they're certainly trying to go after it. We know about Philadelphia, Milwaukee got Serge Ibaka yesterday. Cleveland is currently third, a game and a half back of the one spot, which is currently held by the Miami Heat. You know, all of these teams are either well established to the point where they didn't need to make a move, and if they did, then they did. If they didn't need to make a move, then they they absolutely pulled the trigger. So Charlotte has some outside uh, teams that they need to certainly. Well, they, what that what continues. you're saying,
1: what you're really saying is that the east got even more competitive and charlotte is now missing look whatever you think about gordon hayward he's a starter level player in the nba and they're missing that piece mm-hmm. um, so the east got significantly better the hornets are are you know before this trade with trez were getting significantly worse uh, they've they've uh you know stopped the bleeding essentially with this move but i think all, everything that's happened at the trade deadline to me is is the argument for the Montrezl Harrell move, the small move? No, nothing that's happened, you know, in the past couple of weeks has signaled to me like make a huge move at the trade deadline. I just I don't think it would have been uh, the the right time. And and you know I've been one calling for it, but circumstances yes. changed and and my my opinion changed. Isn't it? Do you guys think?
0: Go ahead,
2: David. I was just going to think, ask you if you guys think they make um, a move too because they got an extra spot left, right? Do they try and fill that guard slot or do they just hey say hey, book night for your minutes, go <laughs> yeah. crazy?
0: No, it's a good point. We need to talk about. It. Yeah, I think they absolutely have to get another guard, and, and they'll probably find one on the buyout market. Um, you know, and I don't know how it's probably going to be kind of. There an could issue be a
2: guard you know. coming out of. New I think New if York you guys. get, I think. <laughs> I listen. Here,
1: here's what. I, here's what I'll say. If you get another guard and play that guard over James Booknight, right. then uh, then James Brego is going to need a bodyguard. Yeah, okay? that's true. <laughs> <laughs> <You know laughs> what
0: I'm that's the kind of uh, What is that? That's that's the yeah, that's the position that they need more so. They'll we'll trade anything to get that at that point. I think Booknight's going to get his minutes. I think there's going to be another guard that helps with the depth because they need it still. You 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 certainly need it having get gotten rid of Ish Smith, who like again, it, it's not so like. Good. You got rid of absolutely nothing with Ish. It's well worth the risk, but Ish showed up. It saved him in the Indiana game, helped him out a lot, saved him in the Laker yeah. game, like was getting you – I think he had three 10-point games in the first five that the Hornets played this year. Uh, yeah, so he, he helped you out at times, but, you know, you, you just – We just, need to do an
2: uh, – yeah, we need to do an Ish retrospective at some point this season and just to count shot. off the Ish games because he had a handful of, of Ish games – Uh, What a a historic (laughs) signing. So sorry we kicked you right back to Washington. Uh, You didn't deserve Uh, that. Such a great interview-ish. But the last – Last team, the last team move Ish made was going back to Washington for Mitch. Uh, just Will incredible. You thank you, Mitch. And this podcast
0: is dedicated to you. With that, we thank everybody for listening to Lockdown Hornets. Very took on a very somber tone there. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first to listen every single day. Have a great weekend. Now make your second listen. Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Hopefully the Hornets can get a win against the Detroit Pistons, and we'll be back on Monday to recap it all, including what we should expect to be a Montrez Herald debut. Thanks again for hopping on with us. See you on Monday.